Predators report cards continue with two mainstays on the right side of the fence. Dante Fabro and Alexander Carrier. What are their futures with the team? We'll talk about that. Plus, what to make of the showing in Dallas last night. If you saw the game, you know what we're talking about. We'll break it down today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Predators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We appreciate you making us your first listen of the day. And as always, shout out to all the loyal Locked On Predheads who join us every single day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer at Penalty Box Radio, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I'm Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at InsideThePreds.com. All right, a couple of Preds report cards to get to today, and they're two interesting ones because we have mm-hmm. Alexander Carrier and Dante Fabro, two people who on paper uh, maybe, you know, kind of in similar situations right now, but the paths that each took to get here, wildly different and may change how we think about their future. Uh, so we'll get into each of them coming up here in just a second. But first, Dan... Let's talk about game three last night between the Dallas Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, if if I'm very curious if we did a one word on this game. Oh my gosh. Uh, without cussing. Yeah. Uh, poop show. Yes. <laughs> without cussing. Oh my goodness. So I missed the first little bit of the game, turned it on and heard they were talking about this hit by Jamie Ben and, you know, how bad it was. And I thought, okay, well, you know, this is, you know, these are conference finals. This is going to be a physical game. Let's see how questionable this really is because, you know, this is where we're at. I I mean, that was... The first time I saw it, I think I told you, the first time I saw it, I thought, well, surely he lost his balance. Surely he lost his balance and he accidentally fell and cross-checked. But when you watch it back, I think it's one of the biggest absolute check out of the situation, make a bad decision moves at a critical time that I think I've seen a captain make in a long time. In critical time, it's like two minutes into the game. But I mean, just in the series, you you know, two minutes in the game, how are you this frustrated that you have lost your sense of what is going to help your team and what is going to hurt your team? How, you know, and I know this series is not going Dallas's way. I understand they're down to nothing. I get that they're frustrated in the series. I also think that they really got a lot taken out of them against Seattle. I think Seattle gave Dallas a lot more than they bargained for, but it stunned me. To see a captain just lose sight of a big picture so badly at such a critical time for his team. And then the wheels came off the bus entirely for Dallas after that. I mean, that was 
And it, and it's not just the Jamie Ben thing. I mean, the fans too. Like, let's yeah. talk about the popcorn thrown at Aiden Hill as he's walking off the ice. Let's talk about the delay of game because all of the cans and bottles that were being thrown on the ice. Yeah. Like, this is an absolute dumpster fire of a fan base performance by the yeah. Dallas Stars. And let's go back to Jamie Ben for a second too. Because I've, you know, I hear everybody say this is out of character for him. I cannot believe he did that. He's done this before. He injured Dylan Larkin back in 2021, knocked him out for the season with the similar play. And he did not get penalized for it. He didn't get suspended for it. And he's surely done there this will before. be a suspension, right? He's, I mean, yeah. surely. I mean, he's out for game four. Let's just put that in stone. But, you I know. Should hope. He's get you know, all the little spears and stuff that he gives. Jamie Ben's a piece of trash. He's a piece of trash player. Let's get that out there right now. I'm not afraid to say it. Dallas Stars fans, come at me. All of this, you know, like people come out and say, uh, well, you know, you just don't know his character or whatever like that. Maybe he's a good guy off the ice. On the ice, he's a piece of trash. Yeah. And that's just who he is as a player. He's proven this over his entire career. That's just who he is. So don't give me this bull crap about, oh, what a what an out-of-character moment for him. That's exactly who Jamie Benn is. And if this was Tom Wilson, Nazem Kadri, any other player, Matt Martin, Ryan Reeves, we would be talking about, no, this guy needs to be thrown out of the league. What a piece of trash. That's Jamie Benn. Jamie Ben is exactly that type of player. It's just because he wears that C on his jersey, because he's a, an elite scorer for the Dallas Stars, just nobody wants to talk about it. And as for the fans, uh, yeah, I mean, couldn't have happened to a better fan base. I feel kind of bad for the fan base in the sense that all of them are now painted with this broad brush stroke and not all of them were participating. And I, you know what? I, I try to have grace because hockey is emotional and blah, blah, blah. But it was so, um, it was so strange to me how off the rails the game went starting with Jamie Ben. I, I, go back to this is the captain of your team and it's such a mental lapse. Yeah. Like it's such a bad decision and it just snowballed and snowballed through this game into the stands. And you know what? Here's what I want to say. I feel bad for the Dallas Stars fan base overall because I don't think the people doing that are representative of all of them by any means. But it was such a bad night for the Dallas Stars organization. It was a bad night for the fan base. Like it, it's a night that everybody in Dallas is going to want to to forget. I mean, it was the the it came off the rails. It came off the rails. And look, I've been at a Nashville Predators game where somebody threw a beer on the ice. But what I will say is that he did end up getting tackled by another spectator, and then like three of them videotaped him and dragged him out. It was actually a little bit vigilante, but I was here for it. But golly, last night was a mess in the NHL. Yeah. And how do you rebound from that? Like, this is what I'm wondering. Like, how like how do you sage enough things for the stars to come back? We'll have to see what they do in game four, but woof. Do you? I mean, do you come back for this? I, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know how you do. This is so, I mean, this is, goes beyond, this was a bad performance. You yeah. know, last night wasn't even about a bad performance per se. Now, they didn't have a good one. 
but it went so far beyond that. Like, how do you in such a quick time clean that up mentally and get back out there? I don't know. I mean, this is, you know, your team fell apart. We saw at the end with, uh, you know, Max Domi also just taking a, you know, game misconduct penalty there at the end, throwing a little tamper, the temper tantrum. I mean, what, what do you do? Like, you know, your fan base just, you know, embarrassed themselves that night. And I, if you're Dallas, you know, you're, you're going back home. It's going to be loud. I mean, let make no mistake. It's going to be a tough game to Vegas to win. You know, there's all that old, the, you know, there's kind of that old saying uh, in hockey, you know, that, that last game, that fourth game, that's the hardest one to win in the entire mm-hmm. series. So, you know, the stars aren't going to roll over, but you know, at, at the same point, it's like, you know, they kind of rolled over yesterday. Like nothing about that performance should be considered. Oh, this is just Dallas firing themselves up. Yeah, no, there was no, like, it's going to be so difficult for them to get any sort of positive takeaway. I don't think there is one. And I think it's just as difficult for them to go, okay, that's what happened yesterday. We've got to look forward. Like yesterday was really bad. Y'all yesterday was rough. I don't know how you just go, you know what? That was in the past and we're going to move forward. I don't look good luck to the coaching staff. And again, you know, hate, I hate the whole thing. I hate the whole thing for the NHL. I hate it for, you know, the positive stars fans who I'm sure aren't happy, but man, was that a bad night for the NHL? Yeah. Uh, You know, Hey, and we, this first time in a while, we've seen both series go three Oh in the the conference finals. So uh, we could have one half of the Stanley cup decided tonight. We could have the other half decided tomorrow. So Uh, It's going to be an interesting time for the NHL for sure. Back to Preds stuff coming up. Uh, Two defensemen that we're going to talk about today, Alexander Carrier Carrier and Dante Fabro, two guys that are kind of similar in play, but the paths to get there could not be more different. And I think that changes how we should view them and their futures in Smashville. We'll talk about that in just a second. But first, I want to mention today's episode brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. Well, it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right every single time. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check mark next to the part to know if it will fit. If it doesn't, your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million different parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers and eligible items only. Excursions apply. Again, that is ebaymotors.com. All right, Ann, let's talk about some Predators defensemen, shall we? Let's start with Alexander Carrier. Uh, this was a guy that I think exceeded a lot of expectations a year ago. Uh, his first full season with the team winds up getting 30 points as a 25 year old rookie. 
Uh, I think a lot of people are expecting big things from this year, but a little bit off the mark and just two goals, seven assists, nine points in 43 games. Of course, he missed uh, about two big chunks of the season with yeah. two separate injuries. That might have hampered him a little bit. But what do you make of Alexander Carrier's season, Anne? Yeah, this was definitely uh, not the season that I think fans and Carrier really wanted to have. And I think most of that is due to those large chunks of time where he missed play. Um, and that's something that he talked about in his postseason press conference as well. He kind of talked about what this did. And it wasn't just that the injuries were difficult for him physically to recover from, although they were. You remember he missed five weeks after getting into a fight Alexander Carrier. I did not see that coming. He got in a fight with Logan Stanley, who's like eight feet, nine inches tall. Yeah. Defending Cody Glass uh, and had an injury and then came back and just very shortly after that took a puck to the collarbone, had a broken bone. So this was not at all the season that he wanted to have. This was not the season that Preds fans were hoping to see from Alexander Carrier. This is what he kind of had to say about his season at the end of the season press conference. Yeah, that was uh, that was tough, especially during, you know, all that timing of trades and all that. Um, you know, I missed five weeks, came back, and I was excited to be back, excited to be around the guys again. And then that happened, uh, the, the shot again. Um, so, yeah, that was emotional. That was frustrating. Lots of emotion. Never never dealt with that in my career. So it's, uh, it, was a, it was a learning process. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, I can't, can't do anything about it. It happened, so I had to, to uh, make the best out of it. Um, we were still in the gym, on the ice, skating, and... Uh, you know, putting the work in, so it ended up being a good thing at, at the same time. Yeah, yeah, much better. Now I can uh, sleep good, which it's, which I couldn't the first few weeks. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's much better. Um, just my strength that I need to get back. Uh, you know, obviously both my injuries were on my left side, so uh, that side's been banged up a little bit. Um, it's not perfect, but X-rays were were good this week, so hopefully I can finish my rehab and uh, start working out uh, pretty hard for the summer. First off, I can't sleep if my pillow is off. So credit to Alexander Carrier for trying to sleep through two separate injuries. Seriously. Yeah, the hockey players are, are not built like us. Either that or I'm not built like a normal adult man. Whatever. <laughs> Probably both are true. You know, that that's the thing for Carrier is I just think it's it's hard to judge because even before those injuries, you could tell something was just not quite on track to where it was last year. Um, and I know like people, you know, poo poo plus minus, but just, you know, think about this. He was plus 26 last year, uh, an even zero this year. So I think that just kind of goes to show you, you know, the difference between, you know, how often he was kind of on his back heels and how often, you know, he was kind of pushing the issue as an offensive guy a little bit. Yeah. We always talk about our one word to describe a game. Um, I have a great one word to describe Alexander Carrier. And I know that perhaps some of the men in our audience may not pick up on what this is, but women who love hockey and love Netflix may get this. And my one word for him is Colin Bridgerton. Now, I've talked before about the fact that Alexander Carrier is the predator most likely to be cast in Bridgerton because he just has that look about him. You have brought it on, the, the, French, the French look and the little... Yes. Yeah, the, the just, little beard. 
he's got he's got a whole thing going but he's a very specific one of the bridgerton boys he's colin bridgerton you know he had a little bit of a storyline in the first season he's not considered right out of the bat kind of a main character you have the viscount and you have you know the artist brother and all these other storylines that are happening but quietly colin bridgerton is doing the work to kind of become a man and to become, you know take his place in society and i think that that's where we have alexander carrier right now you know he's definitely not not what I would consider a main character on the Predator's defense yet. But is his storyline coming? Is his season coming? I kind of thought maybe last year would be the year. So much, though, about last year's blue line ended up not making sense. It didn't go the way we thought it would. You know, top to bottom, it didn't go the way we thought it would. And Carrier was one of the victims of that as well. So for me, I'm waiting for Colin's story. I'm waiting for that season for Alexander Carrier, where we really see you know, this is somebody who has the potential to be, you know, maybe not, he's not going to be your top defensive guy, but he has the potential to be like, I think of like an Evan Bouchard, you know, maybe not offensively as much, but somebody who is impactful yeah. in the right circumstance for his, you know, for his team on defense. And we're just waiting, we're waiting for his story. I was thinking like a poor man's, you know, Devin Tays almost, mm. you know, not the guy, but sort of that, you know, yeah. that secondary, you know, auxiliary guy, you know, you have Roman Yossi, uh, you know, all we all thought like Alexander Carrier was kind of going to be like the foil to Roman Yossi on that right hand side and kind of be that person. Uh, and it just didn't work out. And to be to be fair, like there is just as you mentioned, the Predators defense this year did not make a lot of sense. I think part of that maybe just because he's been very inconsistent in terms of who he's playing with. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes he's with Roman Yossi. Other times he was with, you know, Ryan McDonough. Other times he was with the TSI call. He moved up and down so much that it's almost like, okay, it's kind of hard to picture what you're going to be long-term just because you've moved around so much. And, you know, to his credit, like the stats were down this year, but the play I still thought was there. He didn't have the same, you know, offensive impact when you break down like some of the analytics and stuff like that. But he was still making, you know, great plays in the defensive zone, still really good at carrying that puck out of the zone, being sort of that quarterback guy uh, when he's on the ice. You know, so all the tools are still there for him to be sort of a really good auxiliary, uh, you know, auxiliary. What what's auxiliary. that word? Auxiliary yeah. guy. Yeah, I should, probably should have just said like amendum guy. Whatever. Yeah. Next guy. Next guy. Yeah. Next you know, guy. sort of be that complimentary piece. That yeah. Should have just led with that word. Yeah, it's just sort of that complimentary piece on that blue line. I, I still think the tools for him are there. You know, especially with Matthias Eckholm guy, the Preds are going to need somebody to kind of step up and fill that void. I still think it's Carrier. Uh, I would just like to maybe see some more consistency as to where he's playing, how he's used. And I think maybe that will unlock some big things for him next season. Yeah. And again, I go back to as we're preparing for these report cards, I feel it's tricky to do the defenders because expectations were very different going into the season and it's not just injury i mean we talked about bringing in ryan mcdonough and how mcdonough and Eckholm were going to become this great you know second pairing and how that didn't work out and then you fall into the injuries and so it's hard to gauge defensive performance this past season because it was 
it was not at all what Predators fans thought they were going to see on the ice. And again, the injuries came. Now, Carrier yeah. is an RFA. What are, what are the Predators going to do here? What do you think? Uh, you know, he's definitely going to be, you know, re-signed. Yeah. I would say that. Uh, I would be extremely shocked <laughs> if he is not tendered an RFA. Yeah. You know, there was a part of me, and I think leading into the deadline last year, that thought he's an RFA. He's a young right shot defenseman. I bet there would be a team that pays a pretty good ransom uh, to try to trade him. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, it's still a possibility. I would just be surprised if Barry Trotz, you know, uses him in that way. I, I still think, you know, the way he's played the past couple of years, that's somebody you want as kind of a backup piece. Yeah. I would agree. There is another defenseman who seems to always find himself in trade rumors and conversation. And we're going to dig into why that is in just a minute. It's a whole thing, y'all. But first, want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. So Bird Dogs are a shorts and pants company for dudes, mostly for dudes. And they are all about fit, comfort, and versatility. We were sent samples of bird dogs, and I gave them to the best clothing critic I know, my 18-year-old, who has made me cry more than one time buying pants. And here's what's real in our house. These bird dog shorts were a huge hit. They look great. You can wear them whether you're going somewhere nice, out on a date, you're meeting up with friends at a nice dinner, or if you're just looking for comfort to go out on the boat or to hang out with your friends, they are perfect for that too. If you have a little bit more around the middle or you're thick in the thighs, these have a cut that is going to make you look and feel great. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. When you enter promo code locked on NHL, they're going to throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Again, check them out at birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. Enter promo code locked on NHL and you'll get yourself a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with some shorts or pants that are all about fit, comfort, and versatility. All right, Ann, uh, let's go to the other right-handed shot defenseman on the Preds depth chart, Yes, Dante Fabro. Now, this is a guy uh, whose career in Nashville, it's it's worth talking about. This guy came in here, one of the most hyped defensive prospects the Preds have had in years, made a great debut with the team in 2019 towards the end of the season after his career at BU. The Preds were so sold on him, so sure that they had found a surefire top four guy that they went ahead and facilitated that P.K. Subban trade to go ahead and put Dante Fabro in that spot. And since then, just a bit of a rocky road, hasn't it? I think there's just, you know, I think he maybe hasn't quite turned out to what Preds fans have wanted to be. Uh, there was a lot of talk that the Preds were trying to trade him. There are trade rumors surrounding Dante Fabro dating all the way back to last summer yeah. uh, when he came up in, in some of those discussions then. And so that's why it was surprising, Anne, in this past trade deadline, the day of the trade deadline, that the Preds re-signed Dante Fabro to a one-year extension worth $2.5 
Yeah, I think he was the one going into the trade deadline before we knew that David Poyle was going to kind of do a sell-off. Dante Fabra was sort of the name that everybody was talking about. Like, this is a guy that we could, this is a piece we could see move. And it's so interesting to me because he has consistently been a guy who they talk about moving. And I know that we haven't quite seen in Nashville what we expected to see from him. But you have to remember that Dante Fabro came into the league, you know, pretty young. He was given a role in the defense, a very important role in the defense at a young age. He did not spend a lot of time in the AHL. You know, he was thrown in. I don't and think I he spent think, any time in the AHL. No, no. And and I, I think, think he might have played in a playoff series in, in 2019. I think yeah. that was it. Yeah. So he, this is somebody who really hasn't been seasoned like a lot of the other, you know, young players coming up through the system are, but I agree with you. I think expectations were one thing and what the Predators fans have seen from him maybe have not met those expectations. Now last season, 66 games, three goals, but he had 21 assists for 24 points. And he was a plus 13. Again, we have a whole thing we could talk about plus minus, but what you're finding out is that defensively he can play responsibly. He also, I would say this year, and tell me if you agree, Nick, I think there were a couple of plays that were such big whoopses that that really cost the Predators that those almost stand out, not because of quantity, but because of the quality of the whoops for Dante Fabro this year. Yeah, Dante Fabro's biggest critic or biggest rival on the ice is Dante Fabro. (laughs) Like it is just, I think like to him, you know, you see these runs of play where it's like, this is a pretty good defenseman. Like, you know, Dante Fabro, I think very underrated skater. I think that's one thing you notice about his game, Uh, you know, very responsible on his defensive end. You don't see him make a lot of mistakes, but when you see him make a mistake, it's like, that oh that was that's a very dumb mistake you know it's not like you know just losing puck battle or anything like that it's just kind of hockey 101 plays um you know there's just like kind of little lapses and stuff like that where it's just very basic plays that he doesn't make um you know and it's it's that kind of stuff that has gotten in the way for dante fabro i don't think he's ever going to become what the Preds initially thought he was going to become when he was drafted, which is that, you know, surefire two-way guy, you know, that Ryan Ellis mini-me, you know, sort of of the Yossi and waiting, that kind of guy. I, I don't think that's ever going to be what he is, but I don't want that to overshadow the fact that I still think Dante Fabro is a fine defenseman. Mm-hmm. And I still think does, you know, fills a pretty good role uh, in the NHL and for the Nashville Predators. I just don't think it's going to ever be, you know, I think it's time to, you know, maybe talk about adjusting what we think his ceiling might be for him. Yeah. And I love what you said about figuring out sort of where he lands, because it's interesting to me that this is somebody who maybe Predators fans are a little underwhelmed with. But he's still a player that's good enough that when it comes to trade talk, his name is almost always one of the first dimensioned as a guy that other teams would be interested in. Yeah. So there's it, kind of this this um, seesaw about Dante Fabro. Like this is a guy that is good enough to generate interest for some other teams, but yet he he hasn't quite fit 
what the predators want as far as expectation here. You know, he's got another year, like you said, he's got a year, $2.5 million contract. So, you know, there's a vote of confidence in that dollar amount, I think. It will be interesting to see what happens this year with Fradborough because it feels a little bit like prove it. Like we like you, but here's the year. Let's see. Yeah. You know, I agree with you uh, on that end point. I think he's. I think it's still very possible we see maybe Dante Fabro move this year if the Predators don't do well. It's funny because of the two defensemen we've talked about. If you look at the Predators like a like a team movie, mm-hmm. like Dante Fabro is the the hot cheerleader, like the the girl that's like, oh, he's like desirable, like that's the guy, like the girl every guy wants to be with, like. And Alexander Carey is like the nerd with the glasses on that. Like once he takes the glasses off and shakes his hair, it's like, (laughs) Oh, there is this wonderful girl next door here this whole time. That's much better than this cheerleader. It's kind of that way for these two, because Alexander Carey was the guy that was kind of buried on the organizational depth chart. I think a lot of people kind of, you know, who don't watch the Milwaukee Admirals kind of forgot he was a prospect when he started becoming more consistent part of the lineup. Whereas Dante Fabro was the first round pick. You know, the guy that everybody was high on, the guy that's like, this is going to be kind of the future cornerstone of the defense. And it's funny how those roles have kind of shifted over the years. Now there's, I think people are more optimistic about Carrier being a long-term piece than they are Fabro. Yeah. Carrier is definitely the princess of Genovia. Definitely. I was going to go the girl from She's All That. Also, also a great... Yeah, also a great analogy. Still sticking with Colin Bridgerton. I'm telling you, this guy could get a walk-on role. You're just saying that because he's French and has a good beard. He does. He is French. He does have a good beard. But I think you put him in clothes and you would never know that he wasn't a Bridgerton brother. Um, Let's, here's an interesting question, Anne, Mm because we did a a report card with um, Tyson Berry yesterday. Yeah. Uh. Barry is a pending unrestricted free agent. Dante Fabro is a pending restricted free agent again. And Alexander Carey is a, you know, pending free agent. If you think one of them gets moved this coming season, who do you think is most likely to get moved? Wow. Uh, Most likely I think would be Fabro. Over Tyson Barry. I look, that's, that is the hope of my heart. Just because I think where the Predators are, there's a better role for Tyson Berry, even if it's just another two, three, four years. I think you need more Tyson Berry than you need developed Dante Fabro four years down the road, three years down the road. So I I think probably it's Fabro. Yeah, what about you? I, I'd say, well, the other aspect of that is if you're going to make a trade, I think you could probably justify asking more for, you know, Dante Fabro, who's younger, smaller contract. Although we'll see how Tyson Berry does this year, because you may be able to get a pretty big haul for that if he, you know, lights yeah. it up this year and the Predators still aren't there. Yep. Yep. I agree. <laughs> No, love Tyson Berry. And it'll be interesting to see how these seasons unfold for Fabro and Carrier. Like I said, with Carrier, definitely didn't get to see everything we wanted to see. It would be interesting to have both of these guys healthy through the first half of the season and really get a good look because it seems like they're sort of um, 
there's sort of two very different narratives. Let's see how these narratives unfold this season. So stay healthy, guys. Give us something. Yeah, would love to see uh, how they work out. Uh, we have minor league hockey to talk about. The Milwaukee Admirals are about to start uh, their conference finals round against the Coachella Valley Thunderbirds. We're going to Coachella, y'all. Uh, I'll never do that again. <laughs> we I'm would so never. Yeah. I would never. <laughs> we will have a, a series preview of that coming up. Plus, uh, the NHL draft is just around the corner. Who could the Preds be targeting with that 15th pick? We're going to be talking with our friend Eric Denae, Preds prospect expert, to get a couple of options the Preds might have in that spot. And where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can follow me at Penalty Box Radio and on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Thank you, everybody, for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that Locked on Predators is your free daily Nashville Predators podcast available on all major podcast platforms and on YouTube. All you have to do is search Locked on Predators on whatever platform you use and hit that subscribe button. It really helps us out. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter, LO underscore Predators, to stay in the loop and chat with us during the offseason. We'd love to hear from you guys. Thanks, and we will see you tomorrow.